So welcome to Epic, everybody. I'm so glad you've chosen to join us today. And let's say a big congratulations to our seniors. We are praying for you and we're excited for you and the new adventure that you have in the future. Now, as we begin today, I'm curious how you would describe yourself finishing the I am statement like we saw in that intro video. I am what? Uh, So for me, uh, that means many different things. For me, I am a son. I am a brother. I am a husband. I am a father. I am a friend. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a pastor. You know, if we get into my skill set a little bit, you could say that I'm a jack of some trades and a master of none, if that makes sense. And uh, if we get real personal, we could say that I'm a short, bald guy who's gained a little too much weight during the corona pandemic. So, uh, you know, we don't want to go down that road because I've eaten, you know, a little too many snacks while we're waiting for the reopening to occur. But that describes me. But what would describe you? How would you describe yourself finishing that I am statement? And here's what I would love for us to do this morning. I would love for you to take just a couple of minutes to do that with maybe people that you're with right now watching. Uh, Maybe you have family or friends with you. Maybe you're watching alone and you can engage that answer on Facebook or YouTube. But we would love for you to spend just a couple of minutes describing yourself answering the I am statement. So go ahead and do that and then I'll bring us back in just a second. So welcome back, everybody. And I know that you probably didn't have enough time to answer that question with everybody that that you might be talking with or engaging online. Uh, But hopefully that just gave you a moment to think about yourself and the roles that you have. And, And really, it's interesting how we answer that question says a lot about us. Uh, it, it describes the roles that we have, the relationships that we're in, the things that we enjoy, the skills that we have. 
Again, it answers a lot of things about who we are. And today, what I want you to notice is how Jesus answers that statement, how he finishes that I am statement. He's gonna say something today that's gonna be big for us. And we may not see it at first. We may not recognize what he's really saying or how it really applies to us, but we're gonna dig into that today and learn something I think that can be transformational for us. Now, last week we heard Jesus say that he is the Messiah, So he was talking with a woman at the well and they got in this spiritual conversation and she said, you know, when the Messiah comes, he's gonna explain everything to us. And Jesus said to her in that moment, I am him. I am the Messiah. And we learned several important things from that statement. We learned this. We learned that Jesus didn't just claim to be a good man. He didn't just claim to be a prophet, but he claimed to be God himself, God in the flesh, And that is so incredibly important because if he wasn't that, then we shouldn't follow him. That that means he wasn't a good teacher because he claimed to be something that he wasn't. But because he is that, we can trust him and we can follow him. Second thing we learned last week from that statement is Jesus knows what it's like to be us because he was 100% God and 100% man. So Jesus knows what it's like to face human limitations He knows what it's like to be you. He knows what it's like to be me. He knows what it's like to be in our spot. And he navigated life so beautifully, no matter what difficulty that he faced. So when we're facing difficulty, we can turn to Jesus because he knows what it's like to be us. And he knows the way out. The third thing that we learned uh, last week from that statement was Jesus goes out of his way to offer eternal life to everyone. This is one of the most amazing things that I love about Jesus, that I love about Christianity, is that he doesn't just offer salvation or eternal life to Jewish people or religious people or wealthy people or tall people or people who have a lot of hair. He offers it to everyone who wants a relationship with him. That's what it means for Jesus to be our Messiah. Now today, we're gonna learn something new found in John chapter 10. In verse 11, Jesus makes this statement. He says, I am the good shepherd. Now, when Jesus made that statement, he was speaking to some Jewish people at that time, and they would have known uh, what Jesus was talking about. They would have had a framework for Jesus saying that he was a shepherd, See, they lived in an agricultural society and their worship of God involved sheep and livestock. And and so they would have had a real good handle of what it means to take care of sheep and be a shepherd. Now, for many of us today, we don't really understand that unless you're a rancher or a farmer or you grew up around that stuff. But many people just don't have a a really good handle on that. So I want to explore just a few things that a shepherd would have to do to take care of his sheep. So there are three primary things that a shepherd would have to do. Number one, make sure that the sheep have enough to eat for food, enough food to eat. And uh, we get that. We understand that like that's a real common basic need that animals have. The second thing that shepherds have to do is look after their sheep's well-being. So they have to take care of them, make sure they're safe. And then the third is to protect the sheep from predators. And we're going to go back and we're going to start here at this first one here for just a minute. 
back in Jesus' day, most shepherds would lead their sheep, would lead their flock across the countryside. And they would always be on the search for good pasture land, good grass for their sheep to eat. And when they found that, they would stop for a while. Their sheep would enjoy that. And then once it looked like their sheep had eaten much of that grass, they would move on to another area. So that shepherd was constantly looking for new pasture lands to take uh, his sheep to. Now, here's a picture from the southern part of Israel, some of the pasture land that's there uh, even to this day. And you can tell that it'd be real important for a shepherd to be paying attention to the grass that's there, when that grass is looking like it's about eaten up and, and where the next place that he would want to take his sheep to, to make sure that they have enough to eat. Now, another thing that this picture shows us is that it's real important for the shepherd to take care of his sheep's well-being. You notice here that the, the landscape is pretty rocky and it would be really easy for a sheep to get hurt, hurt their leg, maybe fall off a cliff. There's some cliff regions in this area. So it'd be really important for that shepherd to be constantly looking to make sure that his sheep are safe in that kind of rocky environment. The third primary responsibility that a shepherd would have is the protection of their sheep from predators. So a sheep doesn't have any natural defenses and they're pretty easy prey. And uh, Jesus audience back in that day, listening to him would have understood that if a shepherd wasn't alert and paying attention to their sheep, it could be really easy for a bear, a lion, or a, a wolf to come along and have a lamb sandwich if that shepherd wasn't paying attention. And can you imagine if that was like your first job as a, a teenager, that, that you got stuck out in the, the pasture with the sheep, and then your supervisor said, you know, by the way, make sure you always stay alert just in case a bear, a lion, or a wolf comes along. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking if I'm in that spot, no thanks, don't want that job, I'll do something else. You know, I'll, I'll clean up after them, or, but I certainly don't want that job. That would have been a scary kind of thing. Now, Jesus didn't just say, I'm a shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. So he used a descriptor there. And I'm not sure, but I'm guessing that many of us, when we were describing ourselves a few moments ago by finishing that I am statement, um, I'm thinking that most of us probably didn't use a descriptor word. We probably didn't say, you know what, I'm a, I'm a good parent. Uh, I'm a great employee. I'm an exceptional friend. And we probably just described ourselves as the role that we had. Uh, and yet Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And then in verse 11 and beyond, he explains why he's a good shepherd. So he says this, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. 
And just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Jesus explains why he's the good shepherd in this passage. And the first thing I want you to notice is he says, I am not a hired hand. And there's a big difference between an owner and when Jesus describes the shepherd in this context, he's describing an owner. The shepherd owns the sheep. There's a big difference between that owner and that shepherd and a hired hand. Somebody's just hired to, to work a job in that moment. The, the reality is what Jesus explained is that a hired hand is just there for a paycheck. And when a wolf comes along, there's a really good chance that hired hand is gonna say, I'm out of here. Like, I don't get paid enough to fight wolves, lions, or bear. So I'm out of here, I'm taking off. I hope it all works out for those sheep, but I am gone. And I think we see that kind of behavior around us all the time. And I encourage you this week, as you're going throughout your day, you're going throughout your week, just to pay attention to that. Just see if you can pick up the difference between an owner and somebody who's a hired hand. You know, I, I saw the reality of that a few months ago. It was back before the coronavirus thing started for us. And my son and I went into a restaurant to place a to-go order. We were taking dinner home that night. We walked in and the guy that was behind the counter was real busy answering the phone and trying to take care of cooking and customers. And uh, we walked in, placed an order. And he said, listen, like it's probably gonna be 20, 30 minutes. I'm here by myself. We said, it, it's fine, we, we don't, we're not in a rush, we've got some time, we'll just wait. And so we waited off to the side and watched him scurrying around the kitchen and answering the phone and, and trying to get everything done that needed to be done. And then another family walked in behind us. And that family walked in, the guy basically said this to him, he said, listen, I am way too busy to take care of you tonight, can you just go somewhere else? And that family looked at each other and thought, like, this is kind of strange. Did he really just tell us to leave? I mean, we're customers. We're paying customers. We want actually to buy a meal tonight. And they turned around and walked out kind of confused. And when I watched that, I thought to myself, he doesn't own this place. Because if he owned this place, he wouldn't have said that. He would have said, sure, come on in. It may take a little bit longer, but I'll do whatever it takes to help serve you in this moment. And Jesus says, I am not a hired hand. I am a good shepherd. So I won't run away when things get difficult in your situation. When a wolf comes along and wants to attack you in your life, I'm not gonna run back to heaven, hope everything turns out okay for you and just watch from a distance. Jesus says, I am a good shepherd. And I will take care of my sheep. And then the next thing that Jesus says in this passage that's outstanding to me is this. He says, I sacrifice my life for my sheep. Now, I know a lot of hardworking ranchers and farmers sacrifice so much uh, for their livestock, for their careers, and for us in, in general, if you think about it. And uh, I don't know that we fully understand how much farmers really do and ranchers really do to keep our world going. So if you know a farmer, if you know a rancher, you should pause and thank them for doing what they do. But I know a lot of them work really hard, but I don't know any of them that would be willing to sacrifice their life for their animals. Like, I don't know anybody that would be in that spot that would be willing to do that. 
But Jesus said, he sacrifices his life for his sheep. And we are a sheep. So listen to why Jesus said that and what he was protecting us from. John chapter 10, verse seven says this. It says, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. So he uses another descriptor here. So he's the gate in addition to the good shepherd. It says, all who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. And then listen to what he says in verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, when Jesus transitions in verse 10 and he speaks directly about the thief, He's actually speaking about a real being. And he's speaking about that being that is known in scripture as Satan. And I don't know what you believe about Satan. There's all kinds of different beliefs out there about him. Some people don't believe in him. Some people believe in him way too much, but Jesus believed in him. And he said, Satan is a real being and he's like a thief. He's actually like a wolf. And his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, how many of you would like to be alone in the woods, unarmed, and face to face with a hungry wolf like this? How many of you would like to be in that spot? Because that's kind of the description that Jesus is giving about Satan as the thief, as the wolf, and us being sheep. So when I look at that, I'm thinking, no way. You know, if I'm in the woods in that kind of a situation, I want a gun, I want a high-powered rifle, I mean, I want a machine gun, I want a tank, I want something to provide me that kind of protection. So who would want to be alone, unarmed, face-to-face with an angry, hungry wolf like that? Jesus did that. And so did an actor by the name of Liam Neeson. And I know that's a really weird transition right there, but follow me for just a moment. All right, a few years ago, Liam made a movie that was set in Alaska. And he and a crew were up there working on some oil lines or something like that. And they were flying somewhere. Their plane went down in the middle of winter. And uh, like half of the crew died. And so it was Liam and just a small crew left. And they had to find their way to safety, which was a, a monumental task for them. They had to survive the elements. And then they had to survive the wolves as well. So as you're watching the movie, you see these wolves figure out where they are. And they start picking these guys out of the group one by one. And it gets down to just Liam. He's alone, he's left, and he's collected all of his guys' wallets from the crew. He's gonna try to get those wallets to their their family members. And yet he's all by himself. He's trying to make it to safety. And he stumbles accidentally into the wolf's den. So there's this area, he notices carnage kind of all around, these animal carcasses everywhere, and he realizes, I'm in the wrong spot. And he sees all these wolves come around him, and then all of a sudden, the alpha male wolf steps out right in front of him. 
And you know, like, this is just it. This is the end of his life here. He's not going to be able to make it. So he slumps down kind of in that realization. He pulls out his wallet and he, he looks at a picture of his wife and he thinks about her and, and you find out in the movie, she died a few years ago from cancer and he's just deeply grieved over that. Then he thinks about his dad and his relationship with his dad. His dad kind of always taught him, never give up, always fight to the end. And so he decides in that moment, he's gonna fight. He pulls up a, a knife and he tapes it to his hand so it doesn't come out of his grip. And the last scene of the movie is him charging at that wolf. And you just know, like, this is the end for him. He's not gonna survive. There's a whole group of, of wolves right there that are gonna attack him. But he fought with all that he had to the end. Now, I know some of you are thinking, why in the world are we talking about that movie? Like, how does that apply to Jesus? That sounds like a, a total guy movie, and it is. But here's the connection. Jesus did that for us in a much more significant way. So when our mortal enemy, Satan, who came as a wolf to steal, kill, and destroy us, when he came to attack us as sheep being defenseless animals, Jesus didn't run away like a hired hand. He didn't run back to heaven and, and hope everything worked out okay for us. No, he stepped between us as his sheep and that wolf. And he pulled out his wallet and he looked at a picture of you. He looked at a picture of me. He looked at a picture of all of us and he thought about his incredible love for each and every one of us. And he stared at that wolf and he decided, I'm gonna sacrifice my life for the safety of my sheep. And he charged at that wolf he gave all that he had. He fought to the end and he died. But thankfully, the story doesn't end there. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 17. He said, the father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it up again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. So Jesus sacrificed his life in that moment on our behalf, but that wasn't the end. Then he rose from the grave, ultimately defeating Satan, ultimately defeating that thief, that wolf, and the curse of sin that we had brought into the world and making it possible for us to have eternal life. So because Jesus rose from the grave, we can rise from the grave too. So after we die, we truly can have eternal life when we have a relationship with the good shepherd. That's what it means for Jesus to be our good shepherd. And I'm curious this morning, is he your good shepherd? Jesus said, in John 10, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my father's hand. The father and I are one. So I want you to think about this this morning. 
When somebody puts their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are placed inside Jesus' loving, caring, protective hand. And he holds them tightly and he says, no one can snatch you out of my grasp. And then what Jesus does is he places himself in the loving care, protection, and strong hand of God the Father. And that means no one, nothing can snatch us out of God's hand. Nothing can ultimately harm us when we're in a relationship with the creator of the universe who loves us deeply. So that's what it means to be in Christ's hand. That's what it means to be in God the Father's protective hand. So again, I gotta ask you, is Jesus your shepherd? If he is your shepherd, then everything will ultimately be okay for you. No matter what you face in life, no matter what health issue, what financial issue, uh, what struggle that lies just around the corner that you're not aware of that comes along, no matter anything that you face, everything's gonna ultimately be okay for you. That doesn't mean everything's gonna be great, but it means Jesus is gonna be with you. He's gonna protect you. He's gonna look after your well-being. He's gonna provide for you on the journey and he's gonna take care of you every step of the way. If Jesus isn't your good shepherd, he can become that today. So I want you to listen to how the people responded who were listening to Jesus in that day when he said he was the good shepherd. Verse 19 says this, says when Jesus said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's just a demon. He's he's demon possessed out of his mind. So why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So just like there are many different opinions about Satan, there are many different opinions about Jesus. There are people that think, you know, he probably didn't really exist. Some people think, yeah, he's maybe a man that did exist, but nothing more. Others think he's just a good prophet. And then there are those who believe he is the Messiah, the savior of the world, the good shepherd who will take care of his sheep, who sacrificed his life for his sheep. And again, I got to ask, is he your good shepherd? Your belief about Jesus, whether he's your shepherd or not, will affect your today, your tomorrow, and your forever. And today, there's a really good chance that some of you hear Jesus calling to you as the good shepherd calls to his sheep. In John chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus says, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So today, some of you might hear Jesus' voice. You might hear him calling to you. And if you do, I hope you'll respond. I hope you won't say, you know, I still have time to make that decision. I'll put that off another day or another week or another year. I hope that you'll make that decision right now to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, to make him your good shepherd. 
And here's how you do that. You just tell him that you need him. You tell him that you believe that he is the good shepherd who died so that you can live. And then you invite him to come into your life to be your personal Lord and savior. And if you make that decision today, the Bible teaches that God will welcome you into his family and he will forever protect you and take care of you and keep you always. So I hope if you have not made that decision yet, that you'll make that decision today. I can't think of a better moment to do that than right now. Now, as we close, we're gonna watch a video that creatively highlights the life of Jesus being our good shepherd. And as we watch this today, what I encourage you to do is respond to today's message Respond to Jesus and whatever he's saying to you through this message and this video that's appropriate to you. So for some of you, maybe you would be honest today and say, you know what, I, like, I'm a part of God's family. Like, I'm, I'm one of his children. I'm one of his sheep. And yet uh, I've drifted. Like, I've wandered away from him. It's a tendency from what I understand that sheep have to just kind of wander away from their shepherd. And if you're in that spot, maybe today's the day that you recognize, you know what, I am not in the place that I should be. Like I've wandered far from my good shepherd and hearing his voice and the relationship that we once had. So if you're in that spot during this closing video, I encourage you to talk to God about that. Confess that to him, come back to him. Luke chapter 15 tells us that Jesus will leave the 99 sheep and go after one lost sheep. And so if you're in that spot, Jesus is looking for you and he's inviting you to come back into a right relationship with him. So if you're in that spot, today would be a a great day to come back to Jesus. And again, if you're in that spot where you'd say, you know what, I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never made him my good shepherd. Today could be the day and this could be the moment where you have that conversation and your life is transformed today, tomorrow, and forever. I hope that you'll make that decision today if you have not done that yet. Then after this video closes that we're gonna watch, some discussion questions are gonna come up. And I hope that you'll engage these questions. Today, we only have three questions. They're not real uh, big questions, but I think they can be powerful as we dig through them together. So spend a little time processing these questions before you go on throughout your day. Thanks for being here today. And thanks for helping us explore another element of what Jesus described himself as, the good shepherd. So if you would, let's pray together. God, I'm so grateful for these statements that we find in scripture about Jesus, that Jesus, you said, I am. Lord, we can learn a whole lot about somebody when they tell us who they are. So Jesus, we've learned last week that you're the Messiah. That means you're the savior of the world and you can be our savior. Today, we've learned that you are the good shepherd, the good shepherd who always provides for his sheep the good shepherd who takes care of his sheep and the good shepherd who sacrifices his life for his sheep. So Lord, today we're just in awe of that reality. 
in awe of what you have done for us. And we're so grateful, Jesus, that you rose from the grave after laying your life down on our behalf. And when you rose from the grave, that means we can too. So Lord, I pray today for those who may be recognizing they've wandered from you. I pray that they would run back to you quickly. And for those who are recognizing maybe they've never had a relationship with you, I pray that they too would run to you quickly and start that relationship. Thank you for being our good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.